My name is Jeremy Devins, and this is the Quiet Mind Astrology Podcast with the monthly horoscope for August 2022. As I've mentioned before, this month is a bit more stabilizing in some ways, but there are some big changes we'll talk about happening this month and how you can best work with those. As always, you want to know your own birth chart. You can get that at quietmindastrology.com and know how this is affecting you personally. And there's a little video training there as well of how to interpret it. Quietmindastrology.com. That's where you get your free birth chart. And right now, you can join the waitlist for Become Your Own Astrologer. So this is a free workshop I'll be hosting on the 18th of this month. And you can join the waitlist right now. If you're listening to this later, you can join the waitlist for the next time I host that. That is where I'll show you seven steps to create incredibly accurate readings and interpretations of your chart for yourself, for your relationships, for your compatibility. So we're going to cover a lot of cool stuff in there in a short time. And that's at quietmindastrology.com slash seven steps. So the link is in the show notes for that one. That's coming up very soon. And that's going to be super fun leading up to the Vedic Astrology Mentorship coming later this month. And that's opening for once, one time a year it opens up. So if you're interested in learning all I have to share about astrology, all of my 16 plus years of experience, research, readings, and all that put into this sort of love letter to astrology that I call the Vedic Astrology Mentorship, where I guide you to learn how to use all this stuff in your life for yourself and others. So this month, what we've got going on are the sign transits I'll talk about on this podcast. I'll go into the nakshatra transits in the weekly episodes, and then I'll go into more depth with Uranus going retrograde later this month, because that is a very significant transit related to revolutions. And I've talked about it in the past. You can go back in the archives on Uranus episodes, but we're in a very significant time in history that is very similar to what happened at the beginning of the American Revolutionary War, where there was a financial crisis that preceded the French Revolution as well, uh, and other times a revolution in this specific transit that we're going through right now. And it has to do, particularly this one in this section of it that we're in right now, of this seven-year cycle, to do with reproductive issues like reproductive rights, like the Roe v. Wade trial recently, and things to do with death and rebirth and our sort of place in the universe, which I'll go into more depth on that later this month. So right now I want to give you the overview of some big dates you can plan for, things you can look out for, as I am literally looking out of the stars on a short vacation up into the middle of California with a beautiful night sky view. About to use the telescope actually after I record this and look at Saturn and Jupiter and whatever else I can see out there tonight. Uh, But it's always really, really cool when you can actually look at the stars with your own eyes. You get a nice telescope and you get a nice clear sky view, uh, which I've got here tonight, fortunately. So I'm going to talk about what's happening. Uh, So August 6th this month, Venus moves into Cancer. Venus, the planet of relationships and our connection to others and our relational energy in our lives in a very nurturing, warm place for it to be in the sign of Cancer. So this month in particular, great time for doing emotional work in your relationships. I am a huge fan of therapy, uh, if you can call, if that's an appropriate way to talk about it. Uh, But it's deep work. It's not comfortable. It's not easy. 
but it brings up so much more connection and ability to relate skillfully and be emotionally attuned to ourselves and to our partners by doing therapeutic kind of work. And doing some sort of relational therapeutic work this month is a great way to work with this, whether it be actual like talking therapy or somatic release body work, uh, things like breath work, things like yoga, meditation, of course, can bring out these kind of things. Highly recommended as always. And of course, I have the Quiet Mind Yoga membership at quietmind.yoga. You can check out some free classes there. It's a two-week trial if you want to check that out. And then Fridays this month, Friday is the day of Venus, great time to be having more of that kind of work, kind of connection to your partner, an emotional level, maybe doing some emotional work with your partner or in your relationship to relationships if you're single. And to have more of this nurturing quality, like eating good meals together, enjoying things like massage, doing artistic things with your partner, connecting to your mother, if your mother is alive in your life or somebody in your life, or your grandmother even, if you are a mother, to connect to your children, this sort of nurturing, warm, connecting kind of energy is very favorable this time. The one caveat is that this could lead to being overly emotional, being overly dramatic, having some emotional upheavals happening during this time, and feeling emotionally unstable in your relationships. All of that stuff I just said in the lens of your relationships. So the things I said before that can help bring out the positive side. As always, you've got a choice, or at least we have the illusion of choice of how we work with these energies. Just like if it rains, we can have that be that we are wanting to stay inside and feel sad or more emotional and sentimental that day. We could have it mean that we want to go dance in the rain and be more primitive or whatever, right? There's a million interpretations of any experience. And particularly with these planetary energies, I try to have you focus on what are the positive things you could bring out with them and notice the negative stuff so we can work with that. And uh, I like to be more optimistic and positive and proactive with these things. And some astrologers will focus on the negative stuff. And in the tradition of astrology, that is a common thing where you just want to hear the negative stuff and well, tell me what not to do. Uh, but I think that it's more empowering. It's more uh, putting you in the control and the driver's seat of your experience of this limited time we here on, have here on Earth to say, you know, how do you want to work with it? These are some possible expressions of it. So on August 10th, Mars moves into Taurus. Mars, the planet of action, initiation, drive. And when we see transits with Mars, we see things sparked, things started, things initiated in the sign of Taurus for this transit. So over this month, initiating things with your finances. Now, maybe you've thought about investing in something or being more proactive in your finances. Like for me personally, I've had this urge to have a bookkeeper and a CPA for my business for a while now. And I've been doing it myself and can really just feel that sort of pull to have someone else do that for me that's more experienced and much more effective at that stuff. So that kind of initiation and energy of like finding somebody new to help me manage my finances is a perfect use of like Mars and Taurus energy. Another example is maybe managing something to do with the family, like family assets. Maybe there's a a house in the family that there's something that needs to happen with that house, like uh, paperwork to do, some sort of 
transfer of ownership or cleaning things up or clearing things out. Something to do with the family and the assets of the family needing to be addressed and that something's been stuck there. And now with Mars moving into Taurus this month, you take the action on it and it moves. And also it could have to do with your food and your nourishment. Uh, Taurus is related to these things to a degree. Uh, things that bring you sort of luxury in your life, things that you enjoy. So anything to do with taking action, starting things in those directions. Over the next month here is a great time to do that. The next two months while Mars is in Taurus. And it moves out on October 15th. If you're curious, Mars moves into Gemini then. So two-month period. As always, Mars is in a sign about two months. And then the next transit this month is on August 11th. There's the full moon in Capricorn in Danishja Nakshatra. So we'll talk more about that when we get closer to it. But as always, the sense of completion, closure around the full moon time of the month. And that's in the middle, around the middle of this month. So any sort of things you're working on now that can be moving towards some sort of fulfillment, completion, celebration at that time. It's time to think about now as we're early in the month. And we'll talk more about that when we get there. On August 16th, sun moves over into Leo out of the sign of uh, Cancer, where it's been since the middle of last month. Of course, the sun spends a month in every sign. And it moves into Maga Nakshatra on the same day on August 16th. The sun, the king, the ruler, the leader, the sovereignty, and all of us moves to sitting on its throne in Maga Nakshatra. It's a very powerful placement to be, very powerful energy. It's very fitting here in the Northern Hemisphere and in the summertime, there's that very solar, strong, fiery energy that we feel like this wanting to be outside, wanting to be active, wanting to be moving and creative and doing stuff. And the daytime is long and we want to be out in the sun and actually have sun on our skin. It's always very important, of course, for all the rhythms in the body and the vitamin D synthesis and all that. So a great time, just be out, fun in the sun kind of energy. And then anything you need to take leadership and ownership of, taking responsibility for in your life with everything else going on this month and all the other things I've talked about. So stepping into your own inner authority and your own leadership ability. And if you are in any sort of position of leadership or somebody is looking to you for answers, maybe it's a child, maybe it's a coworker, employee, maybe it's your spouse, in some position where you are deciding where other people go, what happens around you, that's leadership. And with the Sun and Leo, it's a support, supportive energy of leadership actions, of Okay, you got to take charge on this now. I've got to say, this is what needs to happen here. We're going to do this now. We're going to move in this direction. And what might happen as you do that is you run up against your conditioning and you, you find those limits and blocks of uncomfortability where it's like it's uncomfortable to take charge in your relationship and to say, this is what I would like to create in our relationship and talk about it or to, to take leadership in a project at work and say this is a new direction I want to go. By its nature, leading is something that not everybody can do and we all do it in different ways. So not everybody is leading, right? There's typically only one or a group of leaders in a situation. So doing that, there is a level of vulnerability that comes up of needing to respond to other people. And there's an impact on other people. And there's a big impact 
of your leadership, whether it's active or not. You can lead by inaction. Of course, the Bhagavad Gita is a great story on the importance of our impact on others among many, many other topics. So if you've never read the Bhagavad Gita, and this is kind of resonating this little section I'm talking about, these energies this month, Bhagavad Gita is always an amazing reference of just kind of understanding our impact on others, our place in the universe, our dharma, our purpose, sort of big picture of everything. And with Sun and Leo, it's an opportunity to step into more leadership, more ownership of what you want to be creating in your life, how you want to be driving the vehicle you're driving of your body, of your limited time here on earth that we get to enjoy. Uh, so that's Sun and Leo happening all month. Of course, that's happening for everybody. So that's not going to apply the same way to everybody. So you want to look where Leo is in your chart. The number five in your chart shows you that area of your life is the opportunity to take leadership. And this happens for you every single year when Sun comes back to Leo. So for example, if you've got Leo in your fourth house of the home, all the things I just said are filtered through the area of your life, of your home, of taking leadership in the home. Whether it's like you make the chore chart and you decide how to divvy up tasks for the people in the house. Or you take more ownership of like when you want to be going to bed and waking up and having meal times and all this. So it can be very small little things. It can be very big things of leading a company, of being a CEO and boss and how you're going to do that. If you've got Leo in your 10th house, that's a phenomenally powerful position for leading as a CEO or boss or manager. So that's going to be where that theme is for you throughout your life, where every time sun comes back here, new level of leadership. And you could think of, in some ways, like these levels of growth that we all go through, like it's spiraling out. And it's like a new level of, okay, I've been here before, but now it's like a different perspective. It's like, it's like you climb to the first floor of the building, now you're up on the second floor, but you're in the same building and you're just getting a new perspective. And it's like, I've been here before, but it's a new perspective. So every time all these transits happen, it's kind of like that we're spiraling out into more and more growth. And the universe, of course, is always expanding. So that metaphor works in a lot of ways in what happens in nature and what's happening in the universe. Moving along, the next transit this month is another very, very strong one, is Mercury in Virgo on August 20th. And this is part of the reason I'm hosting my Vedic Astrology Mentorship. Is, is open, enrollment will open this month. I'll be hosting this free workshop this month. So this is a powerful month for really stepping into a new direction, a, the sense of empowerment, clarity, focus, direction, drive, or something that inspires you and lights you up. And if that is astrology, then that's you know the opportunity this month to check out the mentorship. But Mercury and Virgo is just phenomenal for learning, taking on new information, and new insights, new perspectives. It's exalted here. It's the most positive expression of our intellect, our wisdom, our knowledge. And of course, Sanskrit, where this is all rooted from Sanskrit and the ancient Vedic texts, the word for Mercury is not Mercury, like we know it, it's Buddhi. Buddhi as in one letter off from Buddha, the one who awakened. Buddhi is the intellect. It's the part of us that is awakening to knowledge and intelligence. And this is the knowledge uh, that we gather through information, through experience, through you learn math, you learn science, you learn social studies, you learn these concepts, and then they become just part of your neural pathways and your brain wiring where you've got access to those things. And 
this week in particular, I was learning new skills like wakeboarding and, and water skiing, which I have no neural pathways for, and it was incredibly difficult for me. And I didn't do very well. I kind of hurt my shoulder and it's okay, right? There's, there's always going to be these things that we don't have great skill in. And I think it's important to always be a beginner on things and learn new things. And it keeps us humble and keeps things in perspective of like what it's like to learn something, especially for me as a teacher. Like I like to always be in that position of a student to remember how complicated it can be to learn something, right? <laughs> but with Mercury and Virgo, it's about building these new neural pathways and something that you want to learn, something that sort of sparks your interest and your curiosity of like, oh, I wonder what this is about. Or I wonder about that. And with being in Virgo, like you can put the pieces together and you can start to see it. And it's a great time for learning stuff from the middle of this month, essentially, uh, really for a while, because Mercury is going to go retrograde. We're going to go back over that stuff and it's going to go forward again in September. So there's this sense of, uh, excuse me, it's going to go retrograde in September and then direct again in October. So we're going to have quite a while here of this Mercury and Virgo energy of going into new knowledge and information and territory and then going back over it and retracing our steps, which is excellent for learning things. And it, it's great to have a Mercury retrograde in its exaltation in Virgo, where it's like not so bad. So we're getting to go back over all this wisdom and information all the way till the end of October when Mercury goes into Libra finally. So it's, it's going to spend a lot of time in its own sign developing reassessing, building those neural pathways, getting more clarity, more confidence, and more skill in learning this new skill, uh, which for me will not be wakeboarding and jet skiing because I'll have about a year before I'll be back out uh, to practice that again. But I will be watching some YouTube videos and uh, it's a great time that we live in where it's so easy to learn things. And like, I remember like growing up, uh, like I learned to play pool just by being around people who played pool and uh, I actually got a chance to play pool again this weekend too. And I was like, oh my God, there's so many, I could just go on YouTube now and just learn all these cool pool tricks that to learn that like 20 years ago when I was a kid, it's like you had to know somebody and find somebody. It's like, it was not easy. <laughs> and now it's, it's easier than ever with all the technology we have. So I'm always so grateful and like in awe of that, that it's so easy to learn skills now and to have teachers and define teachers and uh you know i'm really really grateful to be in this position to share this thing of astrology that was was that way for me years ago it was so confusing and overwhelming like how do i what is this about what does that mean but now i can kind of share uh, how you can apply it to your life more skillfully and save you a lot of time figuring that stuff out and moving along on august 24th uranus goes retrograde in the sign of aries as I mentioned, this is a transit of revolution, a very significant transit. And some Vedic astrologers do not use the outer planets, but as I've seen over and over again, they are incredibly accurate and powerful for making predictions. And they are mentioned in the old Vedic texts very, very loosely, but they are mentioned in the outer planets. So it is true to the tradition and it is true to understanding what's happening in the universe to use these outer planets and see Uranus representing unusual unexpected events and being in Barani Nakshatra right now this unusual and unexpected to many people event of Roe v Wade being overturned in the US 
and the implications of that on birth and death-related matters of Bharani Nakshatra. It's pretty fascinating. I'll talk more about the revolutionary transit and all this kind of stuff, uh, the impact of this later this month when we go into that Uranus retrograde, because that's a big deal. And of course, that, that turn into Aries on Jan June 27th, 2016, and it's going to be there until March 2025. So all this revolutionary stuff, this whole world-changing stuff that's happened with COVID and all the other stuff alongside that in the financial system and the economy, that that kind of energy to a degree has an influence over the next couple of years still. Uh, there's other factors in that. I'll touch on that later this month. Next transit of note is the new moon in Leo in Maga Nakshatra on August 27th this month. New moon, as always, time of new beginnings, new opportunities, planting seeds of intention, and in Maga Nakshatra to do with this stuff I talked about earlier with sun in Maga, your leadership, your power, and to also go back to your ancestry and your tradition, your family that you come from. So if you're not in touch with that at all, this is a cool month to get in touch with that more, kind of understanding your history a little bit, your family. Uh, if you've ever done like a DNA test or something like that, go into your lineage, uh, maybe dig around on like ancestry if you're into that stuff and kind of see what you find. There might be some cool insights there and some new insights and new perspectives with the new moon energy in Maga Nakshatra this month and the sun being there. There can be a lot of sense of confidence and self-esteem and power that comes to you through this kind of work of understanding yourself, your family better. And maybe going back through like some old family photo books or some family heirlooms or things like that, that uh, maybe just dig some of that out that you find. And that connection to ancestry is a big part of Maga Nakshatra. But also the other stuff I mentioned with leadership and uh, taking the reins and having a sort of direction and authority and self-responsibility, self-authority that naturally radiates out to others, right? If we want to influence and lead others, we've got to start with ourselves. Like the great story of Gandhi when a woman brought her child to Gandhi and said, Gandhi, my, my child is addicted to sugar. Will, will you please just ask him to stop eating sugar? And Gandhi said, uh, hold on, let me, let me get back to you. Uh, please come back in three weeks and we'll talk about it. So she comes back in three weeks and she says, Gandhi, what happened? Like, hey, my son is still addicted to sugar. Can you please have him stop? Uh, what can we do? And then Gandhi talks to the child and he says, uh, will you please stop eating sugar? <laughs> and and she's like, well, why did it take you three weeks to ask him to do that? And then Gandhi says, because I needed to be able to do it myself first. And I couldn't ask him to do something that I hadn't done myself. So I spent the last three weeks not eating sugar. And now I can say with authority, will you please stop eating sugar? Because it's something I've done. And if he has any sort of rebuttal or questions or whatever, we can talk about it from that place of experience. And essentially, you know, my perspective now is he got onto that frequency of, of being in that energy, of being attuned to that energy. And we're all attuning to energy in different ways. With the songs you listen to, the movies you watch, right? Everything we're doing, we're attuning to different energies and frequencies. And then if we're trying to lead and influence others, they're going to pick up on whatever those frequencies are. And I know earlier on in my life, like I, in the situation where I was like meant to like lead these kids and asked to lead these kids in this way, 
And uh, like they just would not listen to me. Like I, I didn't have any power or authority. No matter what I said, is like they were just not going to follow me. And then the other person came in, and he had you know been leading kids for years, and he got them to do ex- exactly the thing. Like okay, let's we're going to go here, we're going to do this, and they just followed him. What was so different was well, the frequency he was holding, and of course he had more experience and more time practicing that. Just like the Mercury and Virgo thing I talked about. Where you build the neural pathways, you build the experience, and it becomes easier and second nature. And you can do something because you've practiced it and have experience with it. And it builds confidence, the Sun and Leo stuff this month. And a lot of that just comes from repetition, trial and error. And then you become able to transmit that frequency and help and serve others and lead others in that way. And I think we're all doing that one way or another, whether intentional or not. You might be picking up on some negative frequencies, complaining, dissatisfaction, whatever, resentment, and then you're transmitting that. And that gets picked up by others. Of course, especially obvious if you have kids and you see that in the kids and that they can pick up on that kind of thing. So hopefully this gives you some perspective on how to work with the energies for this month. A lot of cool stuff happening, but it's a lot more stable than the past months where we've had big retrogrades happening and eclipses and all sorts of stuff this year. So now it's a little more stable, great time for building your neural pathways and the skill that you want to develop and learn. That's why I'm hosting the mentorship this month. And that's why uh, that's a four month program. So it's enrollment is opening this month. It'll actually start next month. And I'm hosting this Become Your Own Astrologer workshop. I hosted it last year. It was my most popular event all year. It's super fun, really cool. Lots of great people will be there uh, from the mentorship, probably. They uh, we have a really cool community. A lot of them will come to a lot of the things I'll host. So you'll get to interact with them too. People who are also studying this stuff and trying to apply it to their lives. And we're all trying to learn and improve together. Uh, so that'll be coming up. You can join the waitlist right now at quietmindastrology.com slash seven steps. The number seven, then steps. The link will be in the show notes. Get on the waitlist for that because enrollment for that, it's registration for that will be opening very soon. And that is completely free. Uh, it tells you about the seven steps you can take to start to make incredibly accurate readings for yourself and do your own horoscopes to some degree, and to see the compatibility of you and your partners and the people in your life. That's always a huge topic of interest for people, like seeing your compatibility with someone else. I will touch on that there. I'll show you how you can start doing that and safely and not make very inaccurate predictions as it's a very common mistake. I did it in the past. Like you, you think you see something and you think it's bad and or you think it's really good and you find out, oh, wait, I didn't know about that or I missed this thing. So we'll talk about uh, compatibility stuff too in that, that free class. So that's coming up. And as always, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this, share it with a friend, leave a review or a rating wherever you're listening. And I look forward to sharing more with you next time on the Quiet Mind Astrology Podcast. <laughs>